Good morning. Welcome to episode 16, another fine brew of Agile Coffee. Today, I am joined, I'm very excited because we've got new members showing up at these uh, Lean Coffee events that we put on, and today is no exception. Today, Mr. Alberto Hernandez joins us. Good morning, Alberto. Good morning, Mick. So Alberto can be uh, contacted via email at alberto underscore hernandez underscore ca at msn.com. Dale Ellis, welcome back. Hello, glad to be back. Dale, as always, can be contacted on Twitter at the Digital Dale. The Digital Dale. I'm Vic Bonacci. I can be contacted on Twitter at Agile Coffee. Feel free at any time to send us any questions or comments you may have about the show by using the hashtags Ask Agile Coffee or Tell Agile Coffee. Before we get going, gentlemen, I just wanted to share a few announcements. Um, first of all, I'm excited to finally share the word of Agile Coach Camp US West Coast. Um, you see these guys that have been putting on the Agile Coach Camp, um, you know, we've been in discussions with them, and they said, yeah, do one on the West Coast. So we've got one coming up in April of 2015. And that's the tease I'm going to leave you with. For more information, check our website. That's agilecoffee.com slash episode 16. So we've got a few topics here on the table in front of us. Uh, Dale, why don't you have a, it says Death March, Scrum, and Kanban. What's that about? Uh, that's about a, a rise of a disturbing trend that I've seen of having f uh, large fixed amounts of work that are defined uh, that have to be done by a specific date, but the department is using a Scrum or a Kanban framework typically to do their work. Um, next up, why don't you read another card there, Alberto? All right. So one of them is if... A Scrum methodology can be used in SAP implementations. So in this case, uh, companies are looking on uh, speed up the process of implementing functionality in order to be able to react uh, faster to the market. Unfortunately, SAP implementations take a long time to be implemented because it's based on waterfall implementations where you need to have everything complete before you put it in, in a in the day-to-day -day operation. So the question is how to speed up the process to deliver a specific functionality into the day-to-day -day operation. Cool, great. Hackathon is a, is a card that I put up there because we recently at my company hosted an internal hackathon. We organized that. Uh, I was the organizer and I've got some kind of thoughts uh, based on one week after the, the event um, on how it turned out. And Dale, you've got another card? Yeah, mine isn't, uh, it's a little off-agile topic, but it's still uh, software and internet-related. Um, but it's about, uh, are travel aggregator websites losing their usefulness? It's like, are they becoming, are, are there elements of the pricing of travel, both hotels and airfares, that are being done that are making those sites less useful and less accurate? I want to hear about that. Okay, so we're going to uh, follow lean coffee principles here and do some dot voting next. Once we do that, we'll have a prioritized list of our topics, and we'll start at the top and move through. Okay, so we've got our topics more or less prioritized, and uh, we had a lot of ties today, which is always fun because we've got so much to talk about. Our first topic of the day, Death March, 
Scrum and Kanban. Dale, that was yours, so why don't you start us off here? Yeah, that's uh, and I get the term death march from, from Edward Yordan's book, uh, Death March, uh, about large IT projects and, and how the, the problems of, of being boxed on both scope and, uh, and schedule create problems. Agile was designed to eliminate a lot of those, those problems and, uh, have work be done by the teams at, at a sustainable pace. But what I've seen, uh, is a disturbing rise or a trend in teams that are, that are typically doing agile or, and sometimes even from the very start. It's like they, they, they use the mechanics of Scrum or Kanban, which are both kind of pull based systems uh, that are, that are supposed to be based on team capacity. And what's being, ha- what's happening is that one manager, an IT manager, makes a promise to some other manager or executive within a company, and the team winds up having to do a great deal of work in a, in a short period of time, sometimes a, an unrealistically short period of time. So they're using Scrum or Kanban mechanics to process the, the product backlog items or, or user stories that they're having to do, but they're having to do it within a, a time box that might be unrealistic for the team. So they're still having to accomplish a great deal of work in not enough time. Has anybody else seen uh, seen this or experienced it? And what can we do about uh, eliminating it or avoiding it? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I think of is that your transformation hasn't been complete. If they just recently did an Agile transformation uh, or now they're just starting to implement Scrum or, or Kanban um, without, like, everyone being on board uh, is what I'm talking about. So it hasn't permeated at the top level. They don't see that um, that Agile means uh, you can't constrain on time. If you're going to, then, um, you know, there has to be that that kind of pushback from from the teams and from the product owners and, and the scrum masters. So it feels to me like um, they may be missing that that real strong voice for agile in the in the organization. Um, I've I've seen agile implemented um, pretty well at, at one place, um, but still there was that all, always that pressure to get a project out by a certain time because sales has uh, said, hey, we're gonna we need this project that this product out to a certain customer and we've been telling them that it's it's going to be ready by x date and no um no engineering organization wants to hear that especially if you're um you know following agile principles you say okay what's negotiable of that promise that you just made you know what can we here's what we can do um and we're not even telling you right now that what we can do like nine months out or three months out or something like that we're just telling you okay here's what we can do for the next two weeks or, you know, um, this next release that we have planned, something like that. Right, yeah, and uh, Scrum at the very least does have a, allow you to say that you're going to have a, and even even Kanban, uh, you can say that you're going to have some kind of a minimum viable product out by a certain date. The, the, the problem is when you get into any kind of specifics about what the, what the exact requirements are, that's where it gets like really tricky. Uh, and then the team has to doesn't have as much flexibility on how they structure the user stories or if they vertically slice them, like uh, how they're how they're going to implement those features or to what extent they're going to implement them. Uh, and so that's where it, that's where it it uh, it creates problems. And those problems, 
if you have a very long range on your project and and rather loose requirements, you're still okay. You can say that mm-hmm. it's like you're going to have a release on you know six, eight, twelve months down the road. Right. Uh, but what I'm seeing, and I because I, I've experienced this on a couple of projects in a couple of different environments now, where a uh, a time frame is coming up within couple of months yeah and they say it's like okay well we have to have this feature set done in this rather short period of time Mm -hmm. and then the team struggles to do it and and i've seen in scrum in some scrum environments where they've they've had the team like basically they they've said it's like you have to do these this set of user stories within this sprint like Mm -hmm. every sprint they have a predefined set of user stories who's this coming from uh, IT IT executives. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, they're making they're making promises to other executives, and then they're they're handing it down, and it's like, it's like oh okay. So this is basically a waterfall. Now at this at this point, you've got a waterfall project, yeah. but you've got a team that that's accustomed to doing things with Scrum or Kanban. They're using an agile framework. and throw in something like new technology. Like yeah, this feature we want to like meet our competitor. We want to feature set with them, but we don't know what this technology is that we're using yet. Yeah, yeah and the, yeah, I've seen like forced weekend work, and, yeah. and it's, it's like. Oh, okay. Well, the team isn't like completing the goal set of features that we need within these sprints. So these other the the following sprints they're going to have to work overtime or weekends, and that's like a total breaking of the sustainable pace and and uh, a uh, you know a desirable lifestyle that anybody wants to lead in this business. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm just starting to learn about agile, but the the way that he was describing things is kind of a waterfall kind of mentality that mm-hmm. needs to happen is you need to have all these done by this day. I don't know how you're going to do it. And interesting coming from Victor. So even if it's a, a waterfall or if it's agile, if the executive level is not understanding and is not buying on what needs to be done and the type of work that this involves, then they just put pressure not understanding exactly what needs to be done. And I've seen that a lot in SIP implementations where they don't understand the methodology, they don't understand the system, but they just want to have a product finalized because the pressure that they have it in the market. So somehow needs to be some combined uh, effort between the IT, CIO, and the other executives in the business First of all, to understand what that imply, and then support that yeah. effort. So, are any of us in the room CIOs? No. Yeah. See. So, <laughs> so what do we do? What, what's What's our job? If we're a Scrum master, or we call ourselves an Agile coach, how can we? What's like a first step that we can make in a hypothetical situation where maybe the CIO gives lip service to Agile, but he's getting pressure from other angles? What can we do? So from my experience, for example, from the workforce side that can be applied in the Agile side is to do a maturity uh, assessment. With that maturity assessment, people can see exactly what is happening and what is the level of maturity in the company and in the specific uh, group that is trying to do that. And then put in place how you will be managing the transition to the Agile, basically what you were saying, the transformation. So if if that piece is not in place, then you're going to have a lot of problems. They continue on the death march, Dale. Yeah, I think, and some of it's uh, some of it has to come from courage from some of the the middle managers need need to be able to say well uh, and explain upward uh, that we and anybody who's been in project management 
uh, for any length of time knows about the challenges of managing up, mm-hmm. uh, but you still have to do it to an extent, is to say, well, that's, you know, that's not the way we work effectively. This, the, the, our, our teams are not accustomed to working that way. Um, you know, we have a we, we work at a sustainable pace for a reason, and um, that if you uh, impose these kinds of changes or these unrealistic goals about what you want to accomplish in a given period of time, and go into specifics about those goals, uh, that you'll create an unsustainable pace of work, and then that will create turnover. So there are there are real consequences to these uh, mm-hmm. that I I think sometimes upper management doesn't see and they have to have those things explained to them i I, and i think too often middle managers just go oh they they bend really quickly and just go oh okay so one strategy would be to um to get get the team kind of enthused introduce fun and, and enjoyment into the into the system so that even though we know that um management has these expectations or these needs and desires uh we can still kind of uh, be a team and kind of be working cohesive and have a have a good time. And I don't mean just kind of like um, not doing the work, but I mean trying to introduce some type of a... Motivation. Some, yeah, some motivation, but it has to come from the team itself. And then once once you have some successes and you can string some successes together and you give a, you give a CIO, um, you know, you show him what can be done with certainty in a short amount of time, then he can take that back and, and promise that to, uh, to his his peers in, in the C, C-level office. So, for example, if the CTO, um, if you give them the, the equation of, hey, you can either um, have 100% of what you want with, like, 30% certainty that will deliver it to you, or you can have 80% of, of what you want with, uh, you know, 90% certainty, which would you rather have? And, and you know, he'd always go for the, the one with the more certainty there in that, in that position. So I think that if you motivate the team and you get them to kind of rally around you know, even if it is short term, uh, it's probably only short term. Um, rally around that motivating force. Um, you know, get something done, get some small wins going. Um, maybe that's that's another strategy or tactic you can take. So it appears that we are now out of time on this topic, and we're going to move on. Next up, we have uh, something, Alberto. You put this in there. Um, how do ERP implementations? Uh, how can they be used? Uh, start or sped up rather using agile methodologies yeah that i uh, that is happening right now in the, in the market is companies that are using ERP systems they are looking for how to speed up the, the process to implement a specific functionality of the system so all the companies start getting angry with IT because these implementations instead to be a month implementation they are three months implementation six months implementations and certainly they felt or they feel that they are not reacting quickly to what they need in order for them to deliver what is needed in the market so the game right now is the faster you can deliver things the better you're going to be in the market competing with with your competitors Mm -hmm. so the question here is is agile Methodology is the answer for that, or it's looking the implementations in a different way. Or forget about the traditional way to do implementations in in ERPs and uh, find different ways to deliver what the business is looking for. So SIP is trying to uh, make a big effort on including in their methodologies how agile can be used, but 
they are trying to embed that uh, agile methodology in the waterfall methodology. So that's that makes this very interesting because basically they are not giving you a solution, so to speak. It's just saying if you just take a little chunk of what you need to deliver, put it in a cycle of these three phases of the methodology and you just deliver that, now you're using Agile and everybody's going to be happy. But sometimes this little piece is not significant to the to the total that needs to be put it in place. And really that little feature is not going to help a lot to the business to do what they really need to, to have. So the yeah. question here, again, so is how you can deliver a product that is significant <clears throat> for what the business is looking for, mm -hmm. that uh, really they they get what they want. So what makes an ERP implementation uh, different from any other project? What is it about an ERP that uh, that kind of prevents it from, from being used, uh, agile processes being used? In my opinion, it's more in the ERPs you have a specific modules. Okay. So it's, it's, it's modular, the system. Mm -hmm. So it's not like when you uh, create something from scratch and then you get all the requirements and based on the requirements you start dividing what needs to be done or not. Right. So here you have a specific modules that a specific pieces of that functionality in that module needs to be in place. Mm -hmm. So the, for example, if the customer asks for, I want a new order type, sales order type, mm -hmm. so you cannot say, okay, here is the order, that's it. So you need to look into the entire uh, process mm -hmm. and that sales order is going to have impact in the logistics side, it's going to have impact in the billing side. The customer just sees like, I just asked you for one order type. Right. I didn't ask you for more. Right. But it's like, no, you need to see the whole implication in the process mm -hmm. in order to see that it's not just that piece, it's, it's all the pieces. And I cannot just deliver this piece, mm -hmm. and automatically the other pieces are going to be out there. Right. And I cannot deliver just one, just the sales order, because the other pieces are not going to work. So I need to deliver the whole thing, and the whole thing is going to take three months. So, again, the, the battle there is always from the customer service side of it, mm -hmm. I, I just need my order. I don't need anything else. Yeah. And from the logistic departments, is like, well, let's be sure that all the information that is in that sales order, it's in the logistics side in order to do what we want to do. So you had said, you know, it's going to take three months. Like, in, in that scenario, who's saying it would take three months? Is that the team estimating the work because they've done something like that before? Exactly. It's, it's the okay. team and the, with the project manager estimating yeah. the, the entire work. Right. And certainly explain it to And the, the customer, the can they accept three months or is that unrealistic for them? For them, it's unrealistic, but mm -hmm. this is something that needs to be fixed yesterday. Yeah, sure. So you know how that works in, sure. in, in business sometimes. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like it's uh, more of an issue for the people who are who are selling the product or who are working with the customers on the mm -hmm. front line to kind of manage those expectations. Uh, maybe you have to take a step back through the organization to get your frontline customer service reps to understand that from a technical point of view, and maybe that is a conversation at the at the high uh, the top floor office. I don't know. Um, where they're kind of making, but this is a big customer and they need it right away exactly. kind of uh, trade-offs. Um, it's like, uh, you know, nine, what is it, uh, nine women can't have a baby in one month type of a thing. You're, you're sure. going to need to spend this time, so how can we get started quicker to get it through the process and how can we kind of tell you that this is what's happening? Um, it's going to take this time. And every time we're interrupted with another customer, guess what happens to the customer that we're working on? It delays. Um, so I think it's really a, a case of 
um, not even agile so much as just kind of studying like the flows. Well, I guess it's lean, right? Studying the flows mm-hmm. through the system and what are um, what are the capacities of the system? And what are these constraints? Well, you need three months that you could test throughout the rest of the uh, the ERP application. These other modules um, that have gone in recently are coming up next. Everything's going to affect the the entire project. Um, yeah, we can. Um, did you have specific? Uh, Agile practices or methodologies that you've tried within the ERP system, like uh, like mm. Scrum practices or kind of uh, setting up Kanban boards? Um, no, the answer is, is no. It's more what SAP has uh, introduced into their own methodology. Mm-hmm. But again, so it's a waterfall with the philosophy of Agile, but yeah. really it's not Scrum, it's not yeah. any other methodology. Yeah. So that is that making this stuff. That's a great one. Um, that's a reminder t- for me to ask the audience here. Um, tell us if you have any any feedback that you can help Alberto and, and the rest of us out. Uh, how do we uh, speed up an ERP implementation uh, using agile, agile methodologies? Uh, reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag TellAgileCoffee and let us know. All right, so our last topic today is uh, is the hackathon that I just put on internally at my organization. So um, you guys familiar with what a hackathon is? So it's a a room full of uh, programmers, in this case mostly programmers and and front-end developers um, with some business, uh, like business analysts or even customer service reps or whoever across the organization kind of sprinkled in. And um, and you form teams of, say, four or five people on a team. And you, you stay together, you stay focused for a period of time. In this case, it was four days, Monday through Thursday, actually Friday morning, they could hack all the way up until the end, um, working on a product, um, something that they could demonstrate, something that is actually working on a laptop um, that solves a, a problem. So they may start the the week event um, by pitching their ideas, mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'm, I have a vision for um, a website that will... Um, count how many times I've visited the car wash, you know, this week. And, and they could somehow, if the car wash has an API that they could tie into or their car or whatever, um, spin, spin something up based on, on that, for example, I know. But we've, uh, we had a theme at our business um, uh, to ask everyone who was participating to try to come up with an idea that would implement this new theme at the business. So, um, so we did that for, uh, like I said, four days, Monday through Thursday. And then Friday was the, the demonstration and uh, the awarding of prizes. So we had a, a committee of judges, um, usually like C-level type people, to come in and, and um, judge based on four or five criteria we gave them, um, you know, and then choose a, a winning team and, mm-hmm. uh, and on down. So, so it was really fun. It was a great way to get people to mix across the organization and um, the scrum teams that I work with day to day had a chance to work with other other developers on other scrum teams, people that they normally wouldn't interact with, as well as people from the other floors or the other buildings um, in other parts of the organization. So, so that was great. The um, the executives loved the, the the level of innovation that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our third one that we've done, and um, my task was to kind of organize the whole thing. I set the uh, the rules for like how big the team would be, what are the judging criteria, um, kind of ordered the T-shirts and the food uh, and made okay. sure the space was available. Um, everyone got the messages, that type of thing. And it was exhausting, but it was very uh, rewarding uh, for myself. That was the, for, the first 
hackathon that I worked on full time. I participated as a volunteer or a or a hacker myself in the past, but um, it was a uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And now that it's over, I'm <laughs> taking a rest. But they said that we're going to be doing another one coming up probably in another six months or so. So is the goal of the band to integrate the people from the different departments, including IT, or is more to motivate people to be creative and generate the innovation inside the organization? So what is the, the ultimate goal of the event? Sure, it's, it's I think, multi. Um, there's more than one goal there. Um, certainly both of those are goals. I think getting people to kind of bond with each other, using it as a team-building event, uh, even throughout the organization, kind of an organizational, um, um, I don't know what you'd call it, kind of an HR happiness event for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, HR really loved it. But also, I think, to promote that idea of innovation. We want to be innovators day to day. Um, so, you know, Jim and John Coder over there, they're, they're always thinking of, like, great new ways to solve this problem that their product owner gave them. But they're always in the back of their minds thinking, well, what if we did this? Or what if we, uh, maybe not for this product, but what if we had a product that could make use of XYZ? Um, so this gives them a chance to kind of finally unleash that, that creativity. Okay. And for the business, they're really hoping for, as the ultimate goal, I think, a, a groundbreaking, uh, at least semi-groundbreaking kind of a product that they could integrate with the existing product or feature that they can integrate. So, so lots of goals. And, and then how do we measure it is another question. Um, how do we measure that return on the, the investment of, of time, everyone's time, and, and the little expenses also that we incurred? The expenses themselves weren't that much. We um, probably paid for five days for about 40 participants, 40 or 50, um, under under $5,000. And the biggest expense was meals. Yeah. So any of the innovation that came out of that event has been used? I mean, some of the products that the teams, the different teams come up with has been used or... Um, yeah, we're, we've, got, um, we've got a timeline now, a, a roadmap, rather, uh, for this, this concept that was introduced, the theme of the hackathon. And we had the product owners <clears throat> of our scrum teams. Um, they weren't involved in, I don't think too many of them were involved in the hackathon for one reason or another. They, they didn't participate, but they were um, attending the demos at the end and kind of making sure that what they had already uh, come up with in, in their own roadmap, product roadmap, um, if it was related to these new ideas, um, and if not, can it be, um, can it be implemented with, uh, within kind of their roadmaps? Um, the judging criteria, before I forget, were, uh, was business value was one. Is this something that, that could provide value to the business, bottom line? Um, another was creativity or innovation. Um, how much does it adhere to the theme of the hackathon uh, was the third category. And the fourth was, can it be implemented? Is it even technically possible to implement this? And so, you know, a scale of one to five for those four categories um, kind of determined the winner. But everyone was, if they wanted to win, they were trying to code so that it could be implemented and it could be um, uh, valuable to the business and and it's applicable to the to the existing theme or roadmap. So, so I think that we'll find out probably in the upcoming mm -hmm. quarters if we're implementing and how many of these ideas are being implemented. Yeah. 
you said that there have been a, a two or three of these before this, and if so, what was has there been any measurement of ROI against those? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't here; I wasn't around um, for that one, so I don't have quite the handle on on what came out of it um, in terms of um, actionable items, okay. something that they could make. Uh, but I haven't heard any of any measurements um, of that. That's something, though, that I'd like to change. So now I've kind of tracked the, the budget, and that's easy to track, you know, the, our expenses and people's time. Um, but now I'd like to find, kind of follow through and track, okay, these are the, the four or five ideas that came out of it as, as mini products. Um, are we implementing these, and can we measure them? So that's definitely something that I would like to track because I'd like to continue doing hackathons here or even uh, in the community. And this is the the first time I've heard of this being done this way within a company. Did yeah. you base this on some, uh, or and it sounds like they had done a couple of them before you were here. Right. Uh, have, have you, and I haven't looked into this very much, but, but uh, have you heard or read case studies of this being done within other companies? Because every other instance that I've heard of hackathons being done, it's been done usually like over a weekend in a two-day mm-hmm. period for some kind of a charitable event, uh, some kind of a charitable organization uh, where they get people from a bunch of different organizations or people that are that are using their their own spare time mm-hmm. to get involved with something like I said over a weekend time slot. Uh, people that come from all sorts of different organizations to get together to to solve one little focused problem. Uh, so, did you read any materials about this being done within other companies or this way? Or, um, I think I'd probably read a, a website or two or a blog post or two, but um, but I'd been a part of hackathons in the past. Uh, my previous company, we had um, a, a company-wide hackathon. We'd also sponsored a hackathon where we would kind of open up our doors and let people from the community come in, and maybe we would... Um, since we were a sponsor, uh, we would say use our API. You know, best use of our API for any product you want to do, any kind of idea, that gets a prize type of a thing. So it's a way for, one, to raise awareness of, uh, of our own products out to the community, and, um, and two, to kind of see what the community can do with our product, like what other innovative ideas are out there that we internally haven't discovered yet. Um, also, you can say, uh, yeah, a nonprofit uh, or a, a group like a, say, like a Los Angeles software users group might have a hackathon where they might say to all their members who are software users, come on in, we're going to have, um, you know, not only the free pizza that we have every week at our meetings, but this time we're going to get it catered by the Mediterranean restaurant up the street, which is really great food, and we're going to have a... Uh, Microsoft and Google and Yahoo or whoever, you know, come as, as sponsors who have bought all this stuff. Everyone gets a fleece hoodie, you know, some, some nicer kind of participating prizes. And, hey, guess what? First prize team gets $10,000 they can split amongst themselves or, or some fancy product. So there's a real true incentive for people to get involved and say, yeah, I want to show what I can do to, to my, you know, fellow uh, members of the group or, or community. No, this is the first time that I hear about this type of events, and I believe is something that companies can benefit from, from what you define as the team building. This is one aspect. But most important, I think, in IT groups, you have a lot of people that is kind of introvert type of people, and especially developers, sometimes they are the type of people that is 
uh, introverts. So for them to be able to participate with the business or with a group of uh, people from the business and try to help them to define solutions for specific problems, I think is, is, is a great idea for them to motivate, to be part of the organization and to come up with solutions that can benefit in the future of, of, of the company. And then outside of a company, it's a lot of young talent out there that they are hungry for do things, but they don't know how. I think this type of events can motivate them to start, if you want, entrepreneur careers for the future of them. I mean, I guess the app market right now is something that is booming. And there's a lot of kids out there that just seeing one app, they come with a lot of ideas and they can start developing their own. I mean, I think this, this is this is a great a great idea for these type of events. And all great ideas uh, are being shared here on Agile Coffee. So I want to thank once again our guests today for uh, joining us here and taking the time out of their day to share their ideas. Uh, Alberto Hernandez, thanks for coming today. Thanks for inviting me, Victor. And Albert can be reached uh, on email at alberto underscore hernandez underscore ca at msn.com. Dale Ellis, once again, pleasure having you here. Thank you. Dale is at the Digital Dale on Twitter. Um, I am Victor Bonacci. I could be reached at Agile Coffee on Twitter. Before I let you go, I just wanted to once again remind everyone about a couple of a uh, couple of events. One is upcoming in April when we're going to be doing our Agile Coach Camp US West. And uh, that's going to be two days plus. I'll just leave it at that. Two days plus of uh, people getting together to talk about all things Agile coaching. And um, it should be a lot of fun. I think we're actually going to have uh, bunkhouses and bungalows so people can be at a coach camp and actually be out camping under the stars. Um, we'll have some hotels as well. And then finally, uh, Five Saturdays. I believe it's fivesaturdays.org. Is that right? Um, yeah, so um, Dave Cornelius, uh, our friend at Five Saturdays, uh, has a website, fivesaturdays.org, where you can go and find out more about what he's doing in the community uh, with kids in schools uh, over a span of five weeks. Uh, you can go there, visit, learn more about Five Saturdays, and help out with a donation, uh, Five Saturdays. That's the number five, saturdays.org. Um, Thanks to everyone for being here. Uh, we've got a lot more to say. If you'd like to participate with us, uh, even though you're not in the room, you can use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee or TellAgileCoffee and be a part of this conversation in the wide, wide world of Agile. Until next time. Agile Coffee.